That's not. <laughs> Welcome, guys. We have a new podcast. Uh, and uh, our new guest, our new co-host is uh, Laura Ackerman. Hi. Hi, I'm Laura Ackerman. <laughs> and I'm going to try to say a bunch of Hawaiian words. <laughs> <gasps> Welcome to History of a Haunting. I'm Carrie. That's Aaron K. Bailey. Laura's hiding. Laura's in the doghouse. Just kidding. Weren't we just talking about how disorganized and like the, how the production of this podcast is ridiculous? It's shoddy at best. At best. And be- well, at I best. Mean, your choice of guest host. What does that tell you about I mean, what you're doing? <laughs> listen, it's kind of ridiculous. Hold on, guys. Hey, there she is. Hey, Laura. Hi. Hi. She's not gone, guys. She's not being replaced. I, I was starting to get worried about my job security. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I don't get paid. Oh, right. We don't get paid for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to start a union, aren't you? <laughs> too much work. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much work to start a podcast union. Anyway, there's hi. Welcome to History of a Haunting. We have a very special guest. You all know her. She celebrated uh, the new year with us. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for little miss Erin K. Bailey. Hello, happy to be back. Hi, how you been? Very good, very good. Busy and good. Good, good, good. Yes, we have been busy and good too. Um, all right, guys, we're going to get right into it. Uh, our EVPs, I would put the um, overlay up for that, but it would be Aaron. So Laura is a part of uh, the show, and so we're going to just leave it like this. Um, the... We went to the Ohio State Reformatory uh, Paracon. We had the best time. And we do have some merch left over from the sales that weekend. So we've listed them on our website. It's the pint glass, the wine glass, the coffee mug, and six different styles of stickers. So you can find all of that merch um, at our website, hoahpodcast.com slash store. Okay. Sweet. Class, everybody, everybody clear on that class. All right, good. Um, <laughs> also, we do have, um, we do want to do a welcome. We did it on social media, but we have um, a new teammate here at History of a Haunting. Her name is Erin Bush. She, her initials are also EKB. Um, her name is Erin Bush. She is the um, assistant to literally everybody, and she's now running our website. So. Thank God for her because we never kept the old one updated. We never did you know, everything I wanted to do. So Aaron does that for us now. So give her a big welcome and a giant thank you. Um, and then, Thanks, Aaron. yeah, Aaron, you're kind of the best. You know what? I think that um, we need to establish some sort of hierarchy here. I will now be referred to as big ekb and she gets to be little ekb little ekb all right okay we can do that although i really prefer calling you ekb asterisk oh you're gonna drag up old pain <laughs> do, you, do i need to play the cameo um <laughs> so all right um little ekb is now running our website so thank you very much that is very, very helpful, and she's doing a great job. The new site looks amazing. So she's going to list all of the upcoming guests. She's going to update the episode. She's going to do all this fun stuff. So 
Speaking of upcoming guests, you guys love them. You guys, we had so many people talk about the Madame Pele episode. They're really glad that you're back. Um, so, of course, we were like, well, now we got to do even creepier stuff from Hawaii, uh, which you're not in love with, but I'm glad that you're willing to do it. Um, <laughs> and then, guys, we've got a ton of guests coming up over the summer. We've got the Staticom team. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with what Staticom is, and if you're not, then you definitely want to tune into this episode. It is revolutionizing the paranormal um, investigative field. Laura and I, they used to call it direct radio voice. Laura and I had the um, wonderful opportunity to see it in um, action. So we're going to have Tony and Cherie, Ron and Lourdes, on the show telling us all about Staticom and we're actually going to be uh, using it on the show as well so you guys can see exactly how it works. It's amazing. Um, if you don't watch them already, EVPE is on every Monday night at 9 on Facebook and on YouTube. So check them out. We're also going to be doing a recap um, episode of our investigation that we did at the Trivet Clinic here in North Carolina. So we're going to have Zach and Mike Bennett on, Jason Roach. They were all there with me and all of the evidence we captured. We're going to show Laura and um, none of you guys. You guys can't see or hear any of it. We're just going to show Laura. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we're also going to have Erin Bush on the show. In addition to being our website queen, she's also a Reiki master. So she's going to come on, talk to us all about energy healing, Reiki, all that fun stuff, how important that is. And um, so you don't want to miss that. After that, we're going to be talking spiritualism with Andrea Perrin. Aaron Bush is going to be back. And I feel like she's trying to just kind of muscle her way into the whole show. Anyway, um, <laughs> Andrea Perrin, Aaron Bush is going to be back. And then we've got also um, Michelle Roos, who is a really phenomenal, phenomenal investigator. She is actually um, the very first woman recognized, I believe, by the Catholic Church, um, uh, I don't know how they, if you graduate or go to school, I'm not really sure how that works, but she's the very first female exorcist recognized by the Catholic Church. So that's going to be a good one. Um, we're going to interview the group from Ohio State Reformatory and everybody that put on the Paracon. It's going to be um, a lot of fun talking to those guys. Seriously, that was a fabulous, fabulous event. And then we've got Anthony Simonelli is coming on. We're going to talk about the Shanley Hotel. We're going to have Rick McCallum on, who um, formed the group The Hollywood, I think it's called The Hollywood Ghost Hunters with Kane Hodder, who is the original Jason. Uh, Rick is a former Hollywood stuntman, so we're going to have him on the show as well. Plus tons of different and new locations. So big doings here at History of a Haunting, Laura. I mean, I'm excited. So I'm much. like, I don't even think I, I knew about half of that. I love it when you do all the work and then tell me about it. Right. Also, <laughs> like, she, cool, doesn't, she doesn't she doesn't read her email. So good. <laughs> she doesn't read her emails because I sent you the entire guest list. <laughs> I'm busy. Listen. <laughs> and apparently so are you. Good job. Cheers. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, guys, let's get right into it. Uh, this one I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um, and I have been insisting that we do it with you, Ekby Asterisk, because as everybody knows from, <laughs> from the New Year's episode, you are from Hawaii and you don't love them, but they're fascinating. So guys, we are going to be covering today... Hawaiian night marchers and I have a couple of friends from Hawaii that have said how terrifying they are how 
that you do not want to come across them. You don't want to hear them. You don't want anything with them. So for those of you who don't know, we're going to have Laura start it out. And then little miss EKB is going to take it away um, with some personal family stories that she has collected. And it's going to be super good. So Laura, the floor is yours. All right. So uh, let's do sources really fast. So wikipedia.org and 2-hawaii.com. That's Aaron. Uh, Damn it. Hi. But that's okay. She did so good. She did so, so good. Hi.com and Aaron K. Bailey is another source. <laughs> it's fabulous. <laughs> Full of information. Full of information. <laughs> Full of shit. I mean, information. What? Information. Whatever. <laughs> However you want to pronounce that, you go ahead. <laughs> All right. So in Hawaiian mythology, night marchers, Po or spirit ranks. I'm going to mess this one up, Baron. Oi. I always want to say oi o, but that's not right. You did. Ooh. You did it right. Oi o. Oh, yay. Hey, look at me. Hey. Um, are the deadly ghosts of ancient Hawaiian warriors. Uh, the night marchers are the vanguard for a sacred king, chief, or chiefess. On the nights honoring the Hawaiian gods Kane, Ku, Lono, or on the nights of Kanaloa, they are said to come forth from their burial sites or to rise up from the ocean and to march in a large group to ancient Hawaiian battle sites or other sacred places. The legend says the night marchers are normal-sized warriors dressed for battle, carrying spears, clubs, and some are beating war drums and blowing tones from conch shells, conch shells to announce the advancing of their march. According to the legend, they are suspended in air so their feet don't touch the water or ground as they traverse through the night, and they leave no evidence of their visitations. So, like, so no, already, like, crushed, like, grassland or anything like that to see that, like, People have walked through it. Nothing like that. No, but there are a couple stories running around about them leaving footprints in the sand. But Mm -hmm. typically, they do not show evidence of their passage. Okay, interesting. And creepy. Yeah, super creepy. I love it. Um, (laughs) It just makes them creepier that they fucking float along. That's when you said that. I was like, oh, oh, right. Rising up out of the ocean didn't get Right, just like popping up and then just like creepily floating around. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Like, I can't fuck with shit that doesn't have feet. Like, sorry. I I need to know the story here. Uh, Look, I know you're going to kill me and that's fine. I just need the, I need, I have questions. I need you to answer them before you kill me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they march in darkness after sunset and march as a group continuously until just before sunrise. So anyone living along their path may hear chanting sounds of blown conch shell tones and marching noises in the night. The following signs are a foul and musky death-like odor. Ew. Torches getting brighter and brighter as the marchers get closer. Uh, Sounds fucking delightful. Considering that all of Hawaii smells absolutely wonderful... I mean, maybe not all of it, but where I have been, it smells so good. It's like, it smells like flowers and shit. It's just wonderful. (laughs) I mean, unless you're next to like a smelly person, but yeah, it's beautiful. So I can't even imagine like all of a sudden sudden. it smells like death. Mm -mm. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
so the night marchers might appear during the day if they are um, to escort a dying relative to the spirit world. Ancient Hawaiian beliefs state that any mortal looking upon or being seen in defiance toward the marchers will die violently. Barriers placed in the path of night marchers will not deter them. Some people maintain that if the mortal lies motionless, face down on the ground, they are showing proper respect, fear, and deference to the night marchers, and they will be spared. Additionally, mortals can avoid harm or death from night marchers by being fortunate to have an ancient ancestor marcher present to recognize them. As they encounter the mortal, they will call out, Nai'u? Na'u. Na'u, which means mine in Hawaiian. Thank you. No <laughs> one in the warrior procession will harm them. That's also still creepy. You have me scared to look out my window. You're talking about it, and I'm like... <laughs> Like I'm looking out behind Aaron. I'm like, are they back to here? I, I don't love any of this. <laughs> right. The ghostly procession must never be interrupted. Legend has it that resting your eyes upon the night marchers could signal a grim fate for the perpetrator, a friend or relative. So witnesses again are urged to crouch low to the ground, basically play dead and avert the eyes. Any sound or movement could invite a night marcher's deadly glance. Mm-hmm. These night marchers are set diligently upon their destination and are not considered spirits that will deviate from their path to haunt humans nearby. So they basically want nothing to do with the living at all. And nothing is going to stop them from coming or going wherever the hell they're going. Right. They got shit to do. Don't get in the way. (laughs) Well, and also the key to thing to know about it is, um, Ku, Kane, Kanaloa, and Lono are the four major gods of the Hawaiian pantheon. Okay. Uh, and so chiefs, as a extension of those gods, would be protected as gods. So the idea behind the night marchers is that these were in life warriors to the chief or protectors of the chief. So their only role, their singular duty is to do whatever the chief says to do and to protect them. So that's why they have no interest in messing with people just to mess with people, like a mischief post. Because they're there for a singular reason. Wow. Okay. Um, And it was considered kapu or forbidden for any commoner to raise their, to look to, what is the phrase? To lay their eyes on someone of chiefly rank and so that's why prostrating yourself not looking at them being motionless being soundless is a sign of respect because that's what a commoner was expected to do if a living chief were suddenly to cross your path that's another reason why they uh do the conch shell sound the poo it's called in hawaii um, but that is a signal that they used to use as they were marching towards different villages that a chief was coming and to everybody to get prepared. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Because second you, like, even if it was an accident, dead. Im- like immediate death? Immediate death. Just drop dead. No, like in, well, I'm saying before, like during an actual living chiefly procession, if they happened to come upon you and you didn't realize and you looked at the chief, it was immediate death. Whoa. So they're just doing what they did in real life. In life, when they right. were alive. 
Mm-hmm. How many are there? Like, is it like all of the night marchers march together, or is it like there may be a group over here and then there may be a group over here? Or I think there's groups because they're usually attached to sacred spaces, okay. as we'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, temples, burial sites, things like that. Okay. Or they are attached to signs of battle. Or not signs, scenes of battle. Oh, okay. So they will, perhaps a whole army will march towards the scene of a battle, which one of them is what we'll be talking about in a, in a minute. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically, Hawaii is filled with ghosts. They all have their ghost armies. Don't freaking look at them. Yes. And um, <laughs> they have their goddess, Madame Pele, and also don't take rocks and things off the island. Why? I mean, yes. it's gorgeous and beautiful, but like all these stories, I'm like, why the fuck do people go even go there? <laughs> Stay away from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. um, as soon as I got to Hawaii, uh-oh. I wanted to move there. Uh oh. Yeah. It. She's so, frozen. She's frozen and cutting out. Oh. Wait, where'd you go? Now she's gone. Now she's gone. She looked at the night marcher. Oh no. We specifically told her not to. We said their it's name three time. times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while we're waiting for her, I will tell what you. What happened? I don't know. We oh. hear your camera's gone. Hang on, guys. We're going to pause while we fix this. Okay. All right, guys. Sorry, we're back. Uh, Laura, I don't know. Uh, we we think a night marcher got her, but then she convinced him to let her go because she's she back now. She prostrated herself. She did, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so just a few more things um, to add on to Laura's part. Um, as we mentioned, they will often leave at sunset to return to sacred sites, uh, temples that are called heiaus in Hawaii, or locations of past battles. They will return to their gravesite at dawn. Uh, they are there to accompany also the ghosts of high-ranking chiefs or to accompany their ohana or family member on their journey to the spirit world. Yes, I did so, learn that word in Lilo and Stitch. Yes, very important word. <laughs> Ohana oh, means family. Okay. Yeah. Um, the ways that they present, um, and Laura mentioned some of these, uh, was that they're most often seen during the full moon. Uh, incidentally, there are also accounts of them marching on a full moon, but that when the sky was covered by clouds, so the moon was not visible, they were still marching during the time of the full moon. Oh, Okay. Um, most often seen as a line of torches as they march from the either the ocean to the valley or vice versa. Not scary um, at the all. The sound of the poo, which is the conch horn, which is what is traditionally used to announce the arrival of a chief as he traveled around the island. Um, very often you will hear oli, which is chanting. Um in the Hawaiian tradition, Oli was often a, because we had no written language, so it was an oral tradition. So the Oli that would be chanted as a chief was accompanied would often be their name chant, which is basically their genealogy chant, okay. or chants about their war battles or other things that are important to chiefs. 
God, that is like terrifying. They ride, come out of, up out of the ocean. They float. They have no feet. There's a line of torches. <laughs> They're conch shells. They're chanting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as you mentioned, they're often floating, although the only presentation that comes up often is as they return to the ocean, there will often be footprints in the sand. Wow. Only one direction going into the ocean, which is also creepy. That is very creepy, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Um, they also sometimes present as shadows, shadow type figures, you know, not mm. full apparitions. Yeah. Um, okay, so the actual first documented record of the Night Marchers goes back to the time of Captain Cook's arrival in the islands in 1883, recovered archives, registered the first reference to a huaka'i describing a mighty, mighty phantom army. The spirit ranks proudly led by the spirit of King Kamehameha pacing angrily about on the big island of Hawaii. Wow, Okay. So this is interesting because much like in uh, um, some Asian culture, uh, religious cultures, mm-hmm. um, your the your spiritual ancestors are still active participants in your life. Right. So mm-hmm. your spirit ancestors would know about current events and react to them in ways. Right. Um. Several residents tell of ghostly tales of rhythmic chanting, uh, poo blowing, the beating of distant war drums, um, which are often carried on the evening trade winds uh, as it goes through the valley. So that's another thing to think about is that you might be like, well, if they're all the way back in the valley, how are you hearing the sounds of the drum or the conch shell or any of that? Right. But they're very narrow valleys and we have very strong trade winds. So. Oh. And also, when you live in the country, like I did, there's not that much ambient sound. Sure, to drown it out. Yeah, like highway traffic or anything like that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, uh, Let's see. Oh, actually, I forgot. Uh, My reference is from olukai.com. That's O-L-U-K-A-I. And that is a Native Hawaiian um, written, created website. Okay. We did put it in the sources. I did add it. I did add it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's see. So um, the warriors are described as marching with a god or chief as their leader, accompanied by a band of torchbearers leading the way. Hawaiian storyteller Lopaka Kapanui remarks, the night marcher's job was not to terrorize people. It was simply to protect the most sacred high-ranking chiefs. The night marchers showed mercy by traveling at night to spare people from harm. Wow. Okay. I mean. Um, (laughs) So here's where it gets a little weird. So here's where it gets weird. All right. (laughs) Right. Everything was super normal. For me, for me personally, here's where it gets a little bit weird. Because I knew growing up in Hawaii, I knew about stories of the night majors. I knew about the Pali lookout and the battle that happened there. Like there's a certain amount of history that sure. I absorbed as a kid. And right. also, um, legends told family members, just general cultural awareness around that. Um, and I did know that on my dad's side, his family is, can be traced back to Native Hawaiian ancestors in this area, the area that I grew up. Oh. 
contact. So before Christopher Columbus. Wow. Okay. So all of that to say that my family has a very long history in that area that I grew up. We didn't always live there, but that's where I grew up. Okay. So as I was reading where the night marchers are uh, usually spotted, I noticed a pattern that these are either places that I lived, <laughs> went to school, <laughs> or had family members live. So it's cool. interesting to think about my personal relationship because I honestly haven't thought about that aspect of it before. Um, right. So um, there are areas like the Nuwanupali Lookout, Ka'aba Valley, where I was raised, and Kalihi Valley, where I went to 13 years of school. (laughs) (laughs) On Oahu are rumored sites of night marcher trails, and nighttime visitors are encouraged to be wary. Other night marcher sites include... Um, the actual Kamehameha Schools campus in Kapalama on Oahu, where I attended, Oahu's Pali Highway, which is uh, the first tunnel that connects the east and west side of Oahu Island, okay. and also the site of uh, the legendary battle where Kamehameha first um, conquered all the remaining chiefs and became the first united ruler of Hawaii. Ah, okay. So, Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were pushed over. So basically, the Pali Lookout is up at the top of this mountain ridge, and it's a huge drop, like, I don't know, 300 feet, 500 feet, like a lot. Like, you die if you're going over. Okay. Cool. Great. And um, (laughs) the way that Kamehameha ended up winning that battle was by pushing the opposing warriors up into the valley and over the cliff. Whoa. So... It is a place of a lot of power. A lot of sure. people died there. A lot of people wow. are buried there. I bet the spiritual so, energy there is off the charts. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that it's this crazy wind tunnel. So it's always blowing around and it's it's a special place. Um, and also a place that's been haunted by other native spirits that you guys have talked about before. Um, so I mentioned Pali Highway, mentioned the Kamehameha Schools Campus, Kualoa Ranch, which is basically my back door, um, also known as the site of the filming of many movies, including Jurassic Park. Ah, okay. Um, uh, night marches have been spotted at Kualoa Ranch, which is also said to house the remains of hundreds of Hawaiian chiefs. And uh, the night marchers are said to be responsible for a good many nighttime car accidents because the road that goes past Koloa Ranch is just a one-lane highway going each direction, and then it's ocean. So the night marchers would be coming out of the valley, crossing the road to get back to the ocean or vice versa. So they're said to be the cause of car, like people just freak out at the wrong time (laughs) or freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People always drive into telephone poles there. I remember as a kid, people drive their cars into the water there. Like, there is a curve where the road turns in that area, but it's not like a hairpin curve or anything like that. Right, so it's not like called like Dead Man's Curve or anything crazy. No. Huh. That's interesting. So that's Kuloa Ranch. Um, There are, and then also Laie in Oahu, which is just a couple towns over from where I grew up. And when I mean towns, I'm talking about you drive through them in less than 10 minutes. Um, Laie in Oahu was a city of refuge, which is called a Pu'u'ohonua. 
So these were temples that existed in Hawaii where if you broke the kapu or which like the laws, the religious laws, sure. if you could get to the temple before they got to you, they would not kill you, but then you had to stay there for the rest of your life. Good Lord. So that was the EA. Um, and uh, so Laie on Oahu was a city of refuge in ancient Hawaii where criminals and offenders of the culture's strict kapu religious practices were held. Even today, spirits of soldiers are said to roam the outskirts in Laie in search of possible escapees. Oh my God. Oh. I cannot wait to go to Hawaii. I'm yeah. super I'll excited. Yeah, I'll show you all for sure. <clears throat> um, let's see. Um, here's something interesting. So, um, historic taboos and the frightening experience of others tell one that above all the night marchers demand respect to disbelieve or ignore their, ignore them mandates to risk your death. Unless one of your relatives is marching in spirit with the warriors and recognizes and acknowledges you, you will die. If you look on their faces, the night marchers are bound to protect their relatives throughout eternity. When you feel the earth beneath your feet begin to tremble with the sound of drums, the chanting cadence of warrior voices, pounding feet striking the earth, hide and avert your eyes. The Hawaiian people cultivate tea plants. And so it's not tea as in T-E-A, yeah. it's T-I. And they're the long, um, the long green leaves that are used to make hula skirts. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they're also used in ceremony. They're used in ceremonial gift giving. Uh, they're used in blessing ceremonies. So they're a multi-use plant in Hawaii. Cool. But the Hawaiian people cultivate tea plants around their homes to provide protection from the night marchers and to ward off other worrisome spirits. When the night marchers encounter a home surrounded by tea plants, they detour and go around until they regain their dedicated path. Hawaiian natives warn. There is nowhere to hide. When you sense the presence of the night marchers, fall flat on the earth with your face to the soil. Remain perfectly still, projecting a mind message of respect and submission. You will not die and the warriors will pass. What if you're in your home? Like you're then in your you, home? You lay on the floor. You do it even in your home? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, what if you're in the shower? <laughs> you jump out and lay on the bathroom floor. Probably, yeah. Just get down. <laughs> I can't believe, I, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, okay, what if you're in your home and you like... To avert your eyes. Okay. You know what I mean? And to, to sh be in a respectful position, a, a position of deference. And Reverence humility. and, okay. Even if you're in your home, you don't see him, you don't whatever, you're sitting there. No, that's the thing is that you might not see him. You might hear the chanting. You might feel the their marching feet. You know what I mean? Right. And, but you, As, you would still do it. Okay. You would know that something was up. You'd, you'd feel the chill. You'd smell the decay, that kind of stuff. Oh my God. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, um, especially knowing that, or coming to know that I happen to have a strange connection with many of the places that these tend to inhabit, I <laughs> did um, reach out to some of my family and my family friends to ask if they had any um, stories or, you know, um, 
cultural information to share with me around it. Yeah. Number one, first thing everybody says, don't ever look at them. That's it. That's the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth. Um, then uh, my grandmother, this one is interesting. My paternal grandmother and one of her best friends, my auntie Marlene, actually heard the marching and chanting and saw the torches while they were together. So they were able to corroborate, like, they were like, do you see that? Do you hear that to each other? Right, right. Holy crap. And that was in Kaava Valley where I grew up sometime in the mid 80s. Oh my God. Um, Mm -mm. Then also they had friends that lived in Aiea Heights, which is on the other side of the island, but also there's a lot of Heiau like temple sites in that area. Okay. Um, they, uh, their friends who lived in Aiea Heights would hear them regularly. Oh Jesus. Wow. Um, but never saw the torches. Wow. I... But like, I was like regularly, they were like, yeah, to the point where they were like, okay, let's go inside and lay down on the bed. So how long, I mean, how long would it take for them to, to march? Like how long are you having to lay there with your face in the ground or whatever? I don't know until you don't hear it. Oh my God. And if you hear it regularly, like... I'd be like, listen, I got stuff to do. <laughs> could we? That's not a good night. It's not up for discussion. I, right? It's not up for discussion. It's just. That is. Spirit of the chief is coming by. And if you don't show your deference and respect, then you might get killed along the way. Jesus. Well, and it's not just you. That's another thing. I forgot to bring that up. Uh, this is why it's extra scary. So it's not just you that could die as a result of your transgression. They could curse your family. I... So you, you know, like all of a sudden there's sickness that goes through your family. All of uh-huh. a sudden there's problems. All of a sudden there's car accidents, like that kind of stuff. Like, so I don't love that. It's a non-negotiable situation. Like what you want, what you're doing, that's not even on the table. Wow. That is really fascinating. Although now I'm scared to go to Hawaii next year. Yeah. <laughs> now no, I'm like, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> so the one that um, creeps me out again, because I was basically creeped out doing all of this research. Yeah. Is that there is a valley called Kalama Valley that's in the back of Hawaii Kai, which is on the south, south shore of Oahu on your way out to the south shore. Um, and it's this valley that kind of like starts out really wide, but ends up really narrow in the back. And mm-hmm. it's developed all the way to the back of the valley. There's homes and things there. Oh, um, my dad now lives in that area. And the last time I was staying with him visiting there, it was like this big wind and it was just rushing, like howling through this little valley, you know? Sure. Right. And, and when I say developed, I'm saying like, maybe there's like 200 houses in the whole valley. Right. But, but it's not like wilderness back there. Okay. Right. Um, and I remember thinking about how, like how intense the wind was and how it was like howling through or whatever. And then I read, um, and then I got a story from, um, a friend whose grandma lived back in Kalama Valley. And she said 
the when the wind would come up like that is um, when she would know that the full moon was close, and then oh. to expect and to expect to stay home and be quiet because she would hear the drums and the chanting. But because the valley was so short and the wind would carry it, it would sound like it was in her backyard. Oh my god. And I asked if her grandma ever saw them, and she said, hell no, she would never go looking. Yeah. Right. I I, I had no idea. I had, I've always heard about night marchers and that they were in Hawaii. And if you looked at them, you would die, like run, hide, whatever. I had no idea about any of this. This is one of the coolest things I've ever, ever heard. So just to wrap things up, other places that night marchers have been observed are Kamehameha III Summer Palace, Yokohama Bay. We talked about Kalama Valley and Hawaii Kai. Makaha Valley Plantation, that's all the way on the other side of the island. Kaena Point, Diamond Head Crater, or uh, the Hawaiian name is Leahi. Uh, We talked about Ka'ava Valley, Kalihi Valley, that's where the Kapalama campus is, and the Pali Lookout. So they're all over the island. And then we did also hear a couple stories about Maui and Molokai as well. Wow. And the big island. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, so they're yeah. mostly centered around Oahu, it sounds like, or no? Just well, kind Oahu of where, where do they want to go? Well, I think they're on every island, but Oahu has 800,000 of the 1 million people that live on Hawaii in Oahu. Wait, let me try that again. Oahu has 800,000 of the 1 million total Hawaiian residents. Wow, all right. Oh, wow. So has, I didn't realize it. Me either. Yeah, so it's... So it has the most people with the most chance to see them, right? And also the most development where urban situations might be nearby where burial sites are in the valleys and things like that. That was going to be my question. Does it have the most burial sites of the chiefs and stuff? I couldn't say. Okay. Also, Hawaii has a terrible history of paving over archaeological sites, Mm, um, sacred sites. Also, because of the geology and topography of the Hawaiian Islands, there are a lot of places that are, um, you know, through the oral tradition have been said to hold burial caves, things like that, but no one's ever discovered them. Wow. All right, Laura, let's go. We're going to take EKB and we're all going to go and we're going to discover these burial sites. I really recommend not. <laughs> You're like, I know of so many other we fun things we could go- do instead. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of good food yeah. to eat. <laughs> like I said, I loved Hawaii when I went. So, I yeah. mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd like to see more islands. I've never ever That's heard cool. anybody come back from Hawaii and say, man, that place sucked. You know right. what I mean? I've never heard anybody. <laughs> But I think that, like, you know, what what I can bring forward from this to, like, the present day is kind of the same thing that we did when we talked about Pele and um, Volcano National Park, that kind of stuff, whereas it's about respect, right? Right, yeah. It's, it's about um, gratitude, respect, and reverence. And I think, you know... I would invite people that come to Hawaii to um, to be respectful and to take care of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I almost feel like 
if you did not maybe not witness it, but if you heard the drums, if you saw the torches, if you whatever, that almost might feel like an honor to be able to lay down and pay respect. And that, I don't know, I, that. I would be honorable to do the right thing, but no yeah. one would mm-hmm. consider it an honor because nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. Yeah. No, right. you just don't, you don't want, like, if you hear it, you see it, whatever. Oh my God. Right. Don't look. And then respect, respect, respect. Is it gone? Okay, sweet. You know? Yeah. That is. It's just something that has nothing to do with you unless they're coming to, you know, during like the death procedure and things. Like sure. That. Yeah. Wow. I never knew. I'd always heard about him. Never knew. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It's always fun to hang out with you guys, and it's fun to share about my culture. Yeah, this is super great. When yeah, was the last time you were you you went to Hawaii? Pre-pandemic, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. So definitely someplace that I want to get back to soon. Yeah, for uh, sure. My family's getting older too, you know. Yeah. So it's important to spend that time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm going next summer with my company, my new job. Yeah. So I'm really excited. It's the first time I've ever, ever been. Um, When I was growing up, my grandmother always wanted to go to Hawaii. She and every like the start of each new year, she would be like this summer, we're going to go to She called it Hawaii. We're going to go to Hawaii. (laughs) And um, every single summer, but we never were able to go. So the fact that I get to go next summer is, I'm really excited about it. I'm super excited. Yeah, I, if I don't get to go with you, I'm sending you with a list of things that you have to eat because Hawaii culture is food culture. And that's like the, that, you know, yes, go to the beach. Yes. See some of the sites, but make sure that you're eating this list of things. Okay. You got it. Yay, this is so fun. Laura, what did you eat when you were in Hawaii? What did I eat? Mm-hmm. Laura's the um, foodie of the two of us. I had some ceviche. Yeah. Made with local fish and stuff. And then um, mm. fish, of course. And uh, we went, I was there for a wedding. So we went to like a restaurant. I think I had, I don't remember, pork, I'm sure. Oh yeah, the the Kalua pork. Kalua and, pork, uh, yummy. And with the cabbage, there was like, yep. wasn't there cabbage or something? Cabbage. Yeah, that was super good. Um, we went to this little whole like little Hawaiian stand. They're like kind of all over Kauai. Yep. Um And we would get stuff from there. That's so and awesome. then the Hawaiian shaved ice with the ice cream in the middle. Heck yeah! She texted. She texted me about that. I almost drove off the road eating that. (laughs) I was like trying to eat and drive. And like Angelique was like spoon feeding me. And I'm like, okay, drive it. (laughs) She texted me about that specifically. I'm like, that was the best part of Hawaii. The the Hawaiian shaved ice. All right. (laughs) You know what? Not the best part. (laughs) The real OGs. The real OGs will have shave ice with not only ice cream in the bottom, but also red azuki beans. They're Japanese, like, sweet red beans. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what they're. Uh Mm -hmm. They make the red bean paste out of, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people are like, beans with your ice cream? I'm like, just eat it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just try it. 
Yeah. Yeah. They make a lot of desserts with the red bean paste in different parts of Asia. So yeah, I've had it. That's good. Surprisingly good. I don't know how to describe it. It's weird, but yep. it's good. Mm -hmm. That's Yay. amazing. It would be like mm, beans, <laughs> right? With your with your snow cone, essentially. Yeah. What what the hell is called snow cones? <laughs> <laughs> or even but it's not the same. Cool. Snow cones are not the same as Hawaiian shaped no. ice. It's not the same thing. The mouth no. feel everything is different. Yeah. How how? Because because it's uh, go ahead. It's thinner. It's not like it's it's literally shaped, oh, so it's okay. thinner and lighter. So when it like melts in your mouth, it doesn't have that like the like, snow cones are heavier. The ice is bigger the, and it like, yeah, crunchy yeah. kind of. You could like yeah. chew a snow cone. It's not like that. Oh. It's like melts like like air in your mouth with flavor. It's back with in the, the day, they would actually have these old like steel machines that you would like put an actual block of big giant block of ice on it mm -hmm. on a thing and then wind down the top and turn a crank and a blade would shave off the ice. Wow. The place I went to still had those. That's what they did. Yeah. Except it was like uh, motorized, like a sewing machine, you know, on the yeah. bottom, they would press the button press and it would button. spin. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, press yeah. the pedal and it would spin and then. They would fill up the cup. Yeah. Oh, uh, my you guys are making me nostalgic now. Listen, maybe we need to do an episode from Hawaii, the three of us. That would be amazing. With shaved ice. With, yeah, with shaved <laughs> we'll, we'll show you guys what the shaved ice is in these little red beans and the ice cream yeah. and the whole bit. Mm -hmm. um, Laura, and they have condensed milk on it and stuff, too. It's not just like it's. Yeah, but yeah. that's kind of, I don't think the condensed, so the condensed milk, okay. We're getting way off track here, but this is interesting. So the condensed milk comes from the Filipino culture. Right. And um, what do they call that dessert that uh, with the like jello in it and the condensed milk? What is it called? Crap, this is going to irritate me now. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Well, I'm, so, uh... so it's called, I want to say it's called an eight with an H. Halo, halo. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, heard of that before? So it's like no. I, it's shaved ice, but it's got like fruit and jello cubes and condensed milk on it. So, but because Hawaii is such a mishmash because of the plantation experience, right? That eventually the condensed milk from the hollow hollow made its way into being a shave ice thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. I love it. This is exciting. All right, guys, night marchers. Now we're talking about food. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and now we're hungry. Yeah. And now it. we're hungry. <laughs> Laura's gonna get on Skyscanner and find us plane tickets. And uh <laughs> They're on sale from Phoenix all the time. A couple hundred bucks. Phoenix, LA, basically West Coast, you could get there pretty cheap. Wow, that would be amazing. Are you planning on playing anywhere in Hawaii coming up, EKB? That has been in the works for a long time, but I probably need to get back on and connect with some promoters if you guys really want to go. I think we should. Yeah, awesome. I think we should fucking do HOAH live from Hawaii. We're not going to look for the night marchers, guys, but... You can uh, mic me up on a surfboard. Dude. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> that would be the freaking best. That would be so much fun. This is EKB reporting live from an outrigger canoe somewhere outside of Waikiki. Right. <laughs> Carrie has already capsized her canoe and is currently 
<laughs> sitting <Being> on top. <laughs> being rescued. Yeah, me surfing would just be me sitting out there like, my arms are tired now. <laughs> <laughs> right? What do you mean I'm I gotta old. stand I'm just gonna, like, lay down and let the surf take me in. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are hilarious. Listen, 46 years old, the spirit is willing, but the body is not. <laughs> right? Just getting out there makes me tired. Now. Right. The no, whole idea, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, well, girls, we're going to get a drink a thousand percent. <laughs> I, that's what I do. I'd sit on the beach and watch you guys while I drink my fun drink. There you go. Right. That'd be that the show. Kind of the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to be at the beach next weekend. So suck it. I'll be in Mexico. Oh, thanks, Laura. Uh, next weekend, I will be. Um, I will be You're welcome. It's still going to be hot no as way. shit, though. So, you know, hey, I got to do what I can do out here. That's you true. guys are still in decent weather. It's like already 100 here. So. Yeah, it was cold this morning. I was in sweats and a hoodie. This morning was like 60 degrees. I'm like, I love it here. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're wearing a hoodie right now, Aaron. It's like 105 outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sunny here today with blue skies, but there's a cool breeze. So it's just a little nipply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, yeah, exactly. so I have to go to the beach or else I'm going to just melt. <laughs> yep. That's Arizona for you. I keep telling you to move. Hmm. I love Arizona, to be honest. We went camping now that now we're at the bullshit part, right? So we went camping last weekend at a place called Dark Sky, New Mexico. And it's one of 14 places. Hawaii also has one um, that are certified dark sky. Yep. And the amount of stars that you can see are unbelievable yeah she sent me um, pictures it was i've amazing. never seen so many stars and you can just you can see the milky way with your naked eye you can yep. see you know i was like venus mars you know i mean it's it was great really so we're definitely going to go back uh when there's there was like a quarter moon so we're going to try to go back when there's no oh cool but it was yeah oh. stunning you froze again gorgeous uh oh! It always has to make it make her pause, like when she's yeah, like in the middle of a so blink. Or I, you know, you forget how amazing this guy can be when you're not, not surrounded oh. by city. All right, hang on. We're pausing again because Laura's. Of course, I did. She's janky. Hang on. All right, Laura might still be a little bit janky, but anyway, sorry, Aaron, we totally hijacked uh, your the part of the story. No, you didn't. Oh, were you done? Yeah, I was done. Oh, well, then never mind. I'm not sorry. Yay. Yeah, but that was yeah. fabulous. That was really great. Thank you so much. It was really um, yeah, because like I said, I think everybody has heard about Night Marchers, but they didn't, you know, they've heard little bits and pieces from people that went there and heard a story or they knew people or whatever. And so um, I'm glad that we were able to, like, get the full scoop and why they exist. And I don't love how they exist and what they do. But <laughs> and if I see a torch at night in Hawaii, I'm just, even if it's at a freaking luau, I'm going to be like, ah! Now I'm scared of all torches. <laughs> well, I would like to thank you for having me back on. And also, extra thanks to you, because I'm going to be pondering my connection to this phenomena for quite a while now. You're welcome. going like to need to unpack that on my own time. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> That's what we do here. We bring the spooky, the disturbing thoughts that keep you up at night. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no, don't ask me because I draw the line at dolls and that is firm, Carrie. Listen. We're not doing dolls. I'm not participating in your doll. Okay. Content. That's fine. Um, would you participate in, we're also going to be covering the Pope's Exorcist. Nope. That no, movie just, not. that show just came out and I'm like, gotta nope. add that to the list. <laughs> no, love, no. You, love you guys. Love what you do. Don't want to hang out. <laughs> I've got to draw a firm line in the sand. All right. So no dolls, no exorcists. No. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, Thank listen, you you're very welcome. Now, listen, Laura, I don't know if you can do it, but it, let's see. Let them know where they can follow us. All right. You can follow us at HOH Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok. And again, on TikTok at HOH Carrie and at HOH co-host Laura. Yay. Yay Laura TikTok. does nothing on TikTok. She does I really nothing. don't. Really. No. You I don't really do anything at all on social media, to be honest at all. <laughs> like even my personal one, anything. I hate Nothing. It. Yeah. I hate social media. It's stupid. You know what's funny Sorry. is. I think it's fun. I guess. <laughs> For all the people that love you all of this. You want to be social. Like, like me. <laughs> I'm super addicted to TikTok. And what's funny is almost as soon as we put the merch up on the site, we started getting orders. Well, everybody loves to watch a TikTok of people packing orders, just the ASMR of it. So I packed up two orders. I'm like, let's give this a try and see what happens. Within like a day, we had over, a th not even a day, we had like over a thousand views of me just putting stickers in envelopes. In an envelope. <laughs> or, you know, we have that black stretchy, you know, packing stuff mm. of me just pulling it out and stretching it and the crinkle and the sound of me wrapping it in bubble wrap. They just loved it. I'm like, all right, well, now I guess I'm just going to TikTok every single order because they can't get enough of it. I put it on the podcast TikTok. So another one's coming, guys. We have an order that we are getting together for our beautiful lovely Layla and uh, so Layla your uh, order is going to be packed on TikTok so look for that crazy right fantastic I'll tell you what <laughs> ASMR is a big is deal I'm like social media is stupid <laughs> <laughs> I told my mom she was like what is this and I had her watch it she was like that's all that that's all this is you're not saying anything you're just packing up an order I'm like yeah but watch right. Sure enough, within hours, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views and likes. I was like, whoa, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a place you go. You, dude, I don't know. I don't have time to watch you pack shit. I know. <laughs> right? I'm barely getting my son packed. He's leaving in like an hour. <laughs> like, I just finished packing his suitcase. <laughs> you should have put it on TikTok. <laughs> Let me see if I can find just, this little fucker's socks. Speed it up. <laughs> we'll just listen to you. It's it's nuts. They love all. And then the nails. Like, they love to hear, like. Oh, that shit drives me crazy. It's a whole thing on TikTok. There's a whole world of it out there. So I'm like, let's just try it. And it worked. So podcasts oh, no. will continue to pack orders on TikTok. Um, anyway. Yeah. That's where you can find us, guys, should you choose to do so. And... Um, <laughs> 
If you want to watch some packing videos, get on it. Get yeah, on it. <laughs> yeah, get on it. Um, uh, check out our website as well. We've got our merch there. And then also we have all of our upcoming guests. Uh, little baby girl here in the middle. She is featured very top of the website. Um, so go in and uh, check her out. Erin, tell everybody what is coming up for you. Uh, well, like any good DJ, I say big things coming soon. <laughs> uh, but I have a couple fairly high profile gigs coming up that I'm not allowed to say yet. Okay. All right. I've finally gotten to the point in my DJ career where I have a gig that's big enough that I have to keep it a secret. I love it. Which is killing me, by oh, the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I'm super excited. It's it's awesome to have opportunities like that. And then also it's summertime in the Pacific Northwest. So I am now going to be hacking back blueberries for the rest, or not blueberries, blackberries for the rest of the summer. Because cool. they eat your yard. Wow, really? No, no they're super invasive. And really? They will, and they're very pokey. Uh. Yeah, so... Interestingly, goats love to eat them. Did you know that? This is descending into madness. I'm going to go now. Okay. <laughs> I'm all, I made the best blackberry jam. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, do you, what happens when you put three people with undiagnosed ADHD on a podcast? <laughs> Who Awful. said it was undiagnosed? I mean... <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Bye, guys. Thank you. We will see you another day. All right.